Hi, everyone, and welcome to Having It All, a podcast that explores the question, can we really have it all in life? My name is Matthew Bivens, and I believe that having it all means viewing life through a lens of abundance and love. You see, it's not about having anything, but instead about how we experience ourselves, other people, and life itself. In this podcast, my guests and I explore what having it all and creating your ideal life actually look like. We talk about the joy and contentment when you feel like you have it all, however it is that you define it. And we also talk about the profound and sometimes uncomfortable situations that you frequently must go through in order to create that ideal life. My goal with this podcast is that you walk away from each episode with new lessons that you can apply to your life, as well as real, raw stories of what having it all can look like. I want to spark the flame in your mind that asks, what does it look like to have it all in my life? So, with that, join me in having it all. Have you struggled to figure out your passion and become frustrated when pursuing your passion doesn't lead to the fulfilling lifestyle you thought it would? In this conversation, Omar Zenholm talks to me about how pursuing your passion is actually not the smart thing to do. He shares what he has learned through years of teaching and coaching people on how to leverage their strengths to add value to the world. I really love this conversation because Omar brings a new perspective, one that I hadn't heard before, to the conversation around pursuing passions. So if you're out there listening and the pursuit of your passion is something you're currently embarking on or something you're thinking about embarking on, then this is definitely a conversation you want to pay attention to. So with that, let's dive right in. Today, I am super excited to be talking with Omar Zenholm. Omar is an entrepreneur in every sense of the word. He was an educator and a university manager for 13 years, where he really got an inside look at how the higher education system works or doesn't work. He spent a semester pursuing his MBA before dropping out to put those resources and time into building his own business. And today, Omar is the co-founder of the $100 MBA where he's on a mission to revolutionize business education. So he is a man passionate about helping people take the jump into pursuing their entrepreneurship dreams. So Omar, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here, Matthew. Thank you for having me. Awesome, awesome. Um, Well, thank you for coming. Thank you for showing up. And uh, I always like to start off my conversations with this question. And the question is, how are you being today, Omar? I'm being well. I feel good. Got up in the morning and uh, decided to do some exercise, even though it was my off day. Uh, Just had a good start, so I feel good. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I love asking this question, how are you being instead of how are you doing? Because I think that so often we get caught up in the doing. You know, we got to do this and that. And um, we don't reflect on who we are being or who we are becoming in the process. So that's why I ask. Uh, I like that. Cool, cool. All right, so... I want to talk first a little bit about your story because um, I think it's a really interesting one that has many moments of courage in it. 
So Omar, will you briefly share your story with us? Sure. Uh, I uh, went to school, college to become a teacher. Um, I grew up in a family. Uh, my parents are Egyptian. They, they moved to America in the early 60s. Uh, I was born and raised in New York. And growing up, I saw my dad who spent most of his time as a, in sales. And he was in actually in car sales, which is probably very notorious when it comes to sales. But mm-hmm. um, he was very good at it and became a manager and took over the dealership. And, you know, so I kind of grew up in that household where I saw sales as a very instable, you know, instable kind of profession, you know, one summer we're having, you know, our summer vacations at Disney World, the next it's in the backyard. Mm, yeah. So, so growing up, I just thought I wanted something stable that I can have a good life. You know, I didn't want to become a doctor, didn't want to go to the military. So I decided to become a teacher. I thought teacher, being a teacher would be appealing. So uh, I graduated uh, and got my master's as well uh, in education and became a high school teacher, uh, taught English as a second language. I taught uh, students that were coming in foreign students that needed to learn English at, at the level so they can be able to take the regular courses in English. And uh, I then moved on to the university level. Uh, I became a middle manager, became a head of department, uh, a teacher trainer, and I wrote curriculum. So that's kind of what my journey was in education. I kind of moved up in management and um, moved up in, in terms of the level of education I was teaching. Uh, but along the way, I was very kind of intrigued with the internet. I was very intrigued about uh, entrepreneurship, and I didn't see it as entrepreneurship at the time. I just saw it as, hey, let me give this a try, more like an experiment. Um, I started off with just maybe trying to sell things on eBay. I, then I turned it into an eBay store, and then I built some side businesses on the side. And you know, this is early on. We're talking about 2000, really, when I got started. And there was not a lot of tools that were that are out there now. You know, 16 years later, which which are great. You know, there was no PayPal for crying out loud. There's no <laughs> WordPress, but um, but I managed and I learned a lot of things the hard way, um, and I, you know, sought out a lot of guidance in in books, in, in business books that I really, you know, I read a lot of them. Some of them were absolute garbage, and some of them were great, and some were in between as well. So uh, along the way, I kind of built my confidence as an entrepreneur and as a business builder. I went from business to business, trying different things. Also, just trying to figure out what kind of entrepreneur I want to be. You know, what what do I actually want to build? And yeah. um, America, we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights: life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling. You impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At some point during my career in education, I, I decided I, I wanted to be a full-time entrepreneur. I wanted to dedicate my energies elsewhere. And a lot of it had to do with my, you know, uh, disappointment in the educational system globally. It was just, it's really, it's not a very clear or clean picture. 
And um, I thought if I dedicated my efforts elsewhere or efforts in my own thing, I would probably do a lot better. And that's when I, I left education and became a full-time entrepreneur and shortly after uh, created the $100 MBA, which is our um, podcast and as well as our online program, which is exactly what it sounds like, a $100 MBA education. <laughs> oh, that's powerful. So <clears throat> I, I you know was listening to your podcast and that's how I first got um, got wind of you, got introduced to what you do. And I imagine while you're talking to these entrepreneurs and, and you're working with them that, you know, you, you, you learn and hear about people's passions and their passions for doing what they do. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like somewhere in your journey, you know, you did something sparked in you, something around that education. Um, was that always a, a passion of yours? I mean, you talked about how you went into pursuing your degree in education because mm. you didn't want to do this, you didn't want to do that. Um, but was there something around that that you just felt like, as a little kid, I was always teaching mm. people, I was always leading? Uh, that's a good question. I'm I'm going to go a little against the grain here. Maybe it's not uh, what you're used to or maybe your listeners are, list are used to, but I'm not a big believer of trying to pursue your passion. I'm not a mm. big believer of that just because I feel like that's very internal. It's not It's not very um, external. What I mean by that is I, I really think people would be a lot more happy, a lot more successful if they really pursued what they are innately gifted at, what they really find easy doing, what they're good at. You know, if a lot of people are looking for starting a business, hey, what, what should I start my business on and what do I love doing every day? Well, you know, I love watching Sports Center, but I can't make a business out of that. You <laughs> yeah. know, like whatever. You know, but the point is, is that, um, you know, you really should focus on how can you add value to the world. What can you specifically add value in the world? And the reason why I believe uh, we have any success with the hundred dollar MBA show or the program or, or even on Webinar Ninja or software is that I leverage my strengths. You know, mm. I believe I'm a good teacher. I have a lot of experience in that. I, and it comes naturally to me, something that I'm very good at. And I, I was able to excel in my teaching career. One of the things I always say is one of the hardest things for me to leave education was I believe it's very hard to quit something you're good at. You know, yeah. I was very good. I was a rock star in my in my career. I was leading. I was I was a manager of over 33 teachers that were twice my age at the age of 25. So, like, there's no reason for me to change a career. I'm rocking it. Right. So for me, I believe that I just decided to leverage that experience and those skills I had and use it in my business. And that's why we have a podcast that teaches is a daily 10 minute podcast rather than interview podcast, which is not my strength. Why would I do that? You know, so I'm really a believer of pursuing things that you believe you can add value in. What are what are some things that you can add value in in the world? You know, a lot of people they want to make a huge shift when they go into entrepreneurship. They have a career in a certain area, and then they say, "Hey, you know, they're like a they're like a programmer, and they say, I want to be a life coach now." Like, well, why don't you coach programmers to be better freelancers? You mm -hmm. have a lot of skills in that. You've been, you've been through that. You can still be an entrepreneur, but don't throw away all that experience and those skills that you have. So that's kind of where I stand with that. You know, it's interesting you say that because it, I can apply that to myself, right? Like I've, I worked in digital marketing for six years and it was something that um, I worked at and, and I, I grew my skills and I learned new things. And even as I've, I've wanted to um, shift into other things, I found that some of those other things still involved some components of digital marketing because, right. you know, I never, I became good at it. I became um, successful in at that. And so um, as you were talking, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's interesting because 
your response to that question, you know, around passions was to think a little bit against the grain. And I'm glad you said it the way you did, because I think that there are people out there who, you know, when they think about what they're passionate about, they might have an answer like you said. I'm passionate about, you know, watching Sports Center. I'm passionate about playing video games, whatever it is. Um, but then they neglect those things that they're they're just innately talented, like they're gifted, like they're gifts, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they don't take into consideration what their gifts are. Um, because they're completely pursuing their passion. Now, I do have a follow-up question for you because, um, you know, I think we've seen those Venn diagrams with the circles that overlap yeah. and, and you know, the area where you're passionate about and the things that you're gifted in and the area where you can really contribute value. Do you think that, do you believe that it's worthwhile trying to find something at the intersection of all of those places and just continuing to pursue that? Um, or kind of like what what I think you were saying, Go for the things that where you can contribute a massive amount of value and that you're already good at, even if it's not completely in line with your passion. What would you say to somebody who presented you with that scenario? Like, I want to go for my passion no matter what. I would say that if you ask anybody who's been an entrepreneur for a while, they'll give you a similar answer to this, that it's not binary. It's not um, you need to choose now and that's what it is for the rest of your life Mm. or find the passion intersection What I'm saying is just start with what you're good at, your strength, where you have a competitive advantage. Business is tough. You know, it's a lot of competition out there. And if you want a competitive advantage, you got to use your strengths. So start with that and you'll figure your way out as you start getting some some wins and you have success as an entrepreneur. First, you got to learn how to be an entrepreneur, how to have how to have a profitable business. You know, that's really what's important. Then how to mold your business so you're enjoying it and it's part of your passion and all that stuff. If it's a given for you, if you found that perfect intersection, it's clear as day and you're go for it. I'm not saying now go for it. But what I'm saying is that don't spend too much time worrying about that. Mm. A lot of people, they don't start because they're like, ah, it's not the thing. It's not that perfect passion match with my strengths and, you know, I'll put it on the back burner. Yeah. I I say you're not going to figure it out. It's not a light bulb moment. You have to figure it out through experience because it's very sexy. It's very romantic when you're just thinking about it. But when you actually do it and you actually build that business around whatever you're doing, your strengths and things like that, you start to realize, oh, I thought I really liked this, but maybe it's not what it turned out to be. I, I, you might start serving people that you don't enjoy spending time with. You know, you, that's not the customer base you want to spend time with. So it's it's something that you have to, it's, it's an evolution. You have to evolve into what you want to be rather than choose it and then just go down that path. Mm, and I like what you said, just get started, you know, yeah. get started and, and then things will evolve and things, you know, you tip over that first domino and then the rest of the things begin falling. And that's something that I've personally experienced where, um, where I've experienced the, the most, the massive amount of change and transformation in my life always happens in a moment when I decide just to get started. Even if you don't know, like I don't know where I'm going, just get exactly. started and things happen. Hmm. Awesome. Well, um, I'm going to jump back. I have this list of questions, which, you know, we talked about before we hit record. And I love when the conversation kind of goes off because it means we're really getting to some meaty stuff. But um, I do want to hop back into my questions. Um, So for the context of this show, having it all means having an abundant, loving life. I'm curious what having it all means to you. Hmm. I I know that I thought about this question for a bit, and um, I don't. I don't mean to be difficult at all, but I'm going to change it a little bit. Okay. Um, but I don't believe you can have it all. I, that's not just my personal belief. I do believe that you should strive to be content 
and to be mm. happy and to be satisfied and to have gratitude. That, that's a different kind of goal. But Because you could be content and you could be um, at peace with your life and not have it all. And I say that because I don't really believe having it all is a reasonable uh, goal to achieve because that's perfection. And I really believe that sometimes you're going to have to sacrifice in order for you to, you know, be able to make any kind of difference in a certain area in your life. And that could be your business. You know, I can't say I have it all because I intentionally didn't choose that. I intentionally said, no, I don't want to have it all. I want to have it really good in this area. And these little areas over here, which really don't really mean a lot to me, I'm going to let go of. Mm. So, for example, you know, I don't have hundreds of friends. You know, I'm, I'm not very, um, you know, I don't have like so many people that I'm in touch with constantly, right? Because I personally can't dedicate that time. Why? Because I decided I want to dedicate my time to building my business and the legacy that I want to live behind. That's something that's very important to me, right? So instead, I sacrifice. I say, I'm going to have a small group of friends, but I have deep, you know, relationships with them. Yeah. And, and I can probably count them on, you know, two hands. That's it, you know? And these people are like, my friends, I can rely on. I, I can call anytime and enjoy their time. And I can give them their right as my friend, which is my time and my consideration. And when they need my help, I'm there for them. And I can't do that if I have thousands of friends. So you may say, I don't have it all in the friendship department, but I'm okay with that because I know that the sacrifice for that is dedication to what I want to build because I need that time to be able to do that. And I'm going to give an example of this. And I love this example because I wrote a blog post about it because I just, I resonated so strongly with it, um, and it's it's um, uh, Ahmad Rashad was interviewing Kobe Bryant um, about his career in basketball, and they say, hey, you know, compared to other greats, you know, you are not very you know social. You are not going out with the guys on the team that much. You're not having parties. You were doing like every single commercial that was offered to you. You know, do you have any regrets? And he says, no, because I know in order for me to be a master at my craft. I have to dedicate a certain amount of time, and I wasn't willing to let go of that 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 goal and that uh, pursuit of ma of mastery in order for me to, um, you know, hang out or do other things. That's just a choice he made, and everybody's got to make a choice. So, for me, I don't know if having it all is really that smart. Hmm. That that was a great answer, and I'm happy that you um, answered the way you did and kind of changed the question around. Um, two of the things I took from your response were one: it's important to have priorities. Because what I heard you say was that you knew in your, in what in your world are your priorities. And you knew that you were going to put a good amount of energy and effort into your priorities and that there would be you know, sacrifice. Some of the other things that were lower on your list may not get as much attention. And so I think that you know, it is incredibly important for people to understand um, what, you know, what are their priorities to them. And I also heard you talk about your bigger why. So like your big mission and, you know, you mentioned wanting to leave a legacy. And so I think that, you know, people can answer the question, having it all, however they want. Um, but I absolutely agree with you that it's important to understand what is important to you and really what you're playing for. Right. Hmm. That's awesome. Um, so I want to, I want to talk a little bit about something I think that a lot of entrepreneurs sort of wrestle with, or at least think about at some point in time. And this is like this, this, this idea of a work-life balance, you know, and, and there's folks who say that there's no such thing as a work-life balance. It's a bunch of crap. There's other people that just swear up and down and say, you got to be pursuing this work-life balance 
What are your opinions on the work-life balance? Wow, this is uh, these are good questions. I, <laughs> I have to say, well, I, I um, I don't believe I can. I don't think it's really uh, practical to separate life from work, mm. especially as an entrepreneur. I think that there's nothing wrong with you, uh, you know, hanging out with friends and talking about business or talking about. You know, people that say, hey, let's not talk about work because um, we're hanging out now. That's because they hate work, you know, Um, and I don't think that is necessarily true for everybody. So um, I I think you can mix the two. But in terms of balance, I think it's important for you to be balanced when it comes to giving um, your body its right, meaning it's right sleep, the right nutrition, um, the right, uh, you know, exercise. And, and that's something that I've been really working on this past year. And, uh, because, you know, when you're building a business, when you're building, um, you know, something that requires a lot of time, sometimes your passion and your drive and your commitment will overtake certain areas in your life. And, uh, and that's, that's good. Sometimes, sometimes you got to have that kind of hunger, but, um, in the long run, you, you're, you need to prioritize health and, and wellness. Because in the long run, it's going to help you. Because at the end of the day, your body, your is in, and you, you're you're the machine behind the business. So yeah. you need to make sure you're in top shape. So, um, so in that regard, I do believe uh, it's really good to have a routine. It's good to have a schedule. Um, nutrition. I'm I'm actually a big fan of uh, um, healthy, ready-made meals. So there are a lot of companies now that are creating very healthy, um, planned meals for you. They'll sit and consult with you. And um, they'll make sure that you know they get you get the right nutrition. They're healthy, organic meals that get delivered to your house already made. You just heat them up. And I, the reason why I'm I think that's a pretty good idea is because one, a lot of people think this stuff is expensive, but it's actually not yeah. because when you total it up, you know it's probably going to total up as as the same or maybe even less than your grocery bill because you're buying snacks, you're buying things that you need to put together so you can make a dinner or whatever it is. And obviously this depends on, you know, if you're single, if you're married, if you have kids, all that stuff is, is different. But, um, and also for me, it's just like, it saves time. It saves time for you to think about it and you make sure you get the right nutrition that you need. So I think you need to prioritize some of these things and think about them. So they're kind of done with and deal dealt with. But also I, I believe in breaks. I think breaks are very, very important. Nicole and I, uh, Nicole, who's my wife and my business partner, she, she and I are really, really committed to making sure we have the right amount of breaks. And when I say breaks, you know, we try to take some time off, like a reasonable amount, like five to days to a week, every eight weeks. And I know that sounds like, oh, that's, mm. a, that's a lot of breaks. But it's like, well, we work very hard. We work very hard during those eight weeks. And I think the break is not only just so we can relax, but it's also a time for us to reflect and discuss, okay, what have we done this last eight weeks? Where are we going? Realign. Is this in the right direction? Sometimes we work, 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 work for a year, and then we take a break, and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm in a place I didn't really expect to be. I need to you know, course correct. So it's a good time for you just to reevaluate as well and recenter. I like to get some reading done, and I always say I get my best ideas when I'm on vacation. So uh, when your mind steps away from it a bit, it's a, it's a good it's a good thing. So that's kind of my my practice of work life balance. Oh, I love that. I love that. It reminded me of um, I think it was a an article I read where there was a guy who owned a design firm, and I think he would work for five years, and on the sixth year he would take a one year sabbatical. He I would take it, a break. Yeah. He would take a break from work and not do anything uh, anything related to work for a year. But inevitably, 
in during that time, during that break is when his ideas and the real genius would flow because like you said, he wasn't working in the business. He wasn't going, 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 going. And then in that year, he would come up with all the ideas that he, that his firm would do for the next five years. And so what I heard you say was that you just have taken that in and really uh, made the, the time frames smaller. So every eight weeks, you're taking a few days off and you're just centering yourself, collecting your thoughts. I think that's a powerful habit. Yeah. I mean, and it also, you know, it's a good practice if you're trying to grow your business and you're trying to delegate and say, hey, will my business run if I delegate these tasks to certain people when I'm gone? It's a good chance for you to test that out and see if, uh, if, if your business will or will not collapse without you. So, so it's a good way to, to kind of um, test the growth of your business. Now, let's stay on this topic of, of habits because I think um, habit formation is something that I'm, I'm incredibly interested in myself. Um, I always like trying to pick up new, healthy, empowering habits and you know, see which other ones I can drop. So you've, you know, you've, you've taught a lot of people. You've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs with $100 MBA. Um, are there any sort of success habits that you just keep seeing again and again, sort of like patterns that successful people do these types of things that you can talk about? Hmm. Um, a couple of things. I, I mean, they're not daily habits, but they're habits in what they do in business. So, okay. for example, uh, I find that when people, when they start a business idea or a product idea within their business, they never start with version 10. A lot of us as new entrepreneurs, we think of a business idea or a new product and the vision in our head is what it looks like a few years down the road. We think of version 10, right? And we never want to start on version 1. We never want to actually put it out in the world with version 1. And all successful entrepreneurs, they have a version 1. They have a beta. They have mm. something where they it's very minimal. It's not what they want. It's not the dream product, but it's something to it, it has the same DNA. It's it's starting out there. It's on that timeline. And what happens is that they're able to introduce it to the world to get feedback that you're able to improve it, perfect it, iterate, and version two comes along, then three, then four, then down the line a few years down the road, you know, that image that they had in their head of that picture doesn't match it anymore. In fact, it's much better because they started and they're able to, you know, evolve it through feedback from the actual users and customers. A lot of people don't realize that it doesn't matter what you think. I mean, that's something that I always tell people. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you think is a brilliant idea or this product is fantastic. You're not the customer. You can't sustain a business with just you being the customer. Yeah. Right? What matters is the other people, regardless if you are the majority of your target market, regardless if you agree with what they want or not, that's what's going to make or break your business. You may be like, well, I don't think that feature is really that useful, but they want it. So what are you going to do? Not give it to them and not make sales? You know, like that, that you have to get real sometimes. So I think a good habit is to realize I got to start minimal viable. You know, a lot of people, they say, you know what? Um, I want to start, I want to write a book I wanna, and I'm going to, what I want to do is I want to publish this thing. I want to have it on bookshelves and I want it to be a bestseller. I'm going to start with a Kickstarter. I'm going to get everybody involved. And to me, that's a, that's not the smartest approach. The smartest approach is for you to start with a minimal viable idea, which is a blog post. You just write a blog post on the topic, see if you get any traction, any feedback, share it as much as possible. If you can't get people to read that blog post, they're not going to read a book. Mm, yeah. right? If you can't get people engaged and say, I want more, I want to learn more, if you can't get that to be on the top of you know at least the first page of Google for those keywords of whatever you're talking about, it's not a topic people want to hear about. So 
why are you exerting all this effort trying to build version 10 when version 1 hasn't even existed yet? So that's a good habit I like to share. And that actually relates back to what we were talking about earlier with the passions and just taking action, just yeah. doing things and and you will, you know, you continue to move forward and eventually you get to version 10 and version 10 may not look at all what like your original dream was, but it's yeah. it's because it's evolved and and hopefully as you've iterated and improved along the way. I understand why this happens. I mean, version 1 doesn't look that cool. I get it, you know, but yeah. Point is, is that um, version one allows the success to happen in version two and version three. And it also minimizes risk. I talk about this on the show all the time. You want to minimize risk as much as possible in your business. You know, there's a lot less expenses for you to build version one, whatever that version one is, whether that's an ebook or a product or a piece of software or a t shirt. You know, if you want to create a clothing line of graphic tees and you can't sell five t-shirts to your closest friends you can't sell it say hey this t-shirt's 30 bucks give me 30 bucks right now then you don't have a business mm -hmm. it's not going to sell with the hundreds of t-shirts or thousands of t-shirts what makes you think that you could sell it if you can't sell it to five people so it's just a harsh reality i'm not i don't mean to be harsh or yeah, be abrasive uh, yeah and i, I actually want to say this out of love because i want you to be able to succeed because that's you want to be able to go all in on something that works. So you try things, you you experiment, and you do a whole bunch of version ones until you nail that thing where it says, "Oh, this thing really is resonating with people." Let me let me create a version two, a version three, rather than spending two years building something that people don't want. Mm. I think it's a great message for uh, people who are out there with the version ten in their heads right now and are you know like they're just in love with the sexy version of what it is and are afraid to take that first step. Yeah. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Well, let's, um, let's, let's talk about fears a little bit. Um, because for me, one of the most admirable traits of entrepreneurs is their ability to step into the unknown and to face their fears. And uh, I think these types of lessons aren't, you know, like this conversation about fears doesn't just apply to entrepreneurs. It really applies to everyone. Um, so with you, you know, you're a multi-time entrepreneur. So I know that you've faced your fair share of fears. What is the biggest fear that you faced along your journey to where you are today? Wow. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's natural to be afraid or to have doubts or to, you know, uh, worry I mean, um, the beauty about anything in life is that if you do it enough times, you start to gain confidence, you start to realize, yeah, that fear is going to be there, but 
it doesn't stop you from moving forward as much as it did before. So um, I think that's good just to know conceptually that if you have fear, that's fine, that's normal, and you're on the path, that's what everybody experiences. Um, but for me, um, the biggest fear, I, I probably would say, you know, um, I, I, I always, I'm not afraid if people are going to respond to things or if they want things because I do adopt this model of the minimal viable before I actually launch something huge. But um, I'm also just kind of afraid that, uh, you know, I'm not evolving enough. You know, I want, I want to be able to keep on learning and growing. You know, sometimes you have to balance, uh, you know, building your business growth and your own self-development. So I'm always trying to have some sort of time where I get to learn and grow, um, even if that means, you know, spending 30 minutes a day reading a book. Um, that will just change my mind about something. Sometimes I just read books that I, on the cover, on the review, or just on first glance, I'm like, this is bull crap. I don't <laughs> want to read this book. This is not my style. This is too scammy. This is too whatever. And I'll read it anyway because I want to challenge myself and say, hey, can I learn something from this? Even if I don't like the context. Maybe there's a nugget in there that I could be like, you know what? I can use it in a different way. Yeah. Uh, maybe not in this way, but that's an insight I can use. So um, that's my challenge. I always try to evolve. Um, of course, every time you are faced with a challenge in business, like difficulty, things you have to overcome, that's, a, that's something that you're growing. That's something that helps you grow. But I'm always trying to evolve and, and grow as an entrepreneur and, and open my mind a little bit and realize, you know, I find that as the years go by, um, I, I, find, I find good in everything. I find uh, there's something I can learn in everything before maybe I would say, no, that's not my style. I don't want to read that article or... Or watch that video. Hmm. Are there um, are there any self development books that you're reading right now? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I read a, a lot of uh, business types of books, self development books. One of the books that I read recently um, that I highly recommend anybody that is growing a business is having challenges uh, that is really kind of going through that time where you're maybe having some doubt and. Uh, that book is called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Um, Ryan Holiday is one of the best authors I've seen in nonfiction uh, just because he's he's very well researched. He researches his books very well. He's very well written. Um, you know, he, he takes the time to actually, you know, develop a great delivery method of his message. Uh, and it's really hard to read a book after you read one of his books because it's like, oh, it's not well written like, you know, Ryan's, but... Um, I got to give it up to him. He's a young guy, and he 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 writes. He, that book was very good. It was recommended to me, and he told me you got to read this book. And I read it, and it really does help you understand what it really takes in order for you to reach the success that you have in your mind. Now, is this the same Ryan Holiday that you recently interviewed? Uh, I didn't or, interview sorry, him. Yeah, on, I you featured him or, or the book on the podcast. Yeah, so I also did another book uh, that he. Uh, we do these must-read episodes on the yeah. Harlem BH. I wish I, I, I talk about a book that I read, and that's Growth Hacker Marketing. That's another book that he wrote that I really enjoyed. Okay, yeah, that's where I saw his name on your uh, on your yeah. podcast. Awesome, wonderful. I love that. Um, so you've been on this this journey, you know, this journey of, of your life and going from an educator um, to, to teacher to working in the higher up in the um, in the university to becoming an entrepreneur, husband. Um, what are some things that you've learned about yourself? along this journey that you didn't know about yourself before? Mm. I think, uh, I mean, the things I learned, sometimes I try to amend. I try to say, hey, maybe I need to change those things. 
I, I'm a very opinionated guy. Like I, I have very firm beliefs or firm things that, uh, that I believe in or how I feel about certain ways. Um, but over the years I've learned that, you know, there are, there is a lot of room for you to learn from other people and, and change or maybe, you know, make some exceptions. It's funny cause, uh, a good friend of mine here, uh, Jason Zook, who's the founder of Teachery and mm, a whole bunch yes. of other stuff. Jason Zook and his girlfriend, Caroline, they, they live very close to us and we, we, we spend a lot of time together. Um, and some, me and Caroline often will have discussions and I'll disagree with her, you know, and then she'll, she'll say something to me and I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it for a bit. And then I'll just say, you know what, that's a good point. You know, I can't, I can't argue that point. That's a sound point. And I have to change my opinion on this topic because otherwise I'm seeking out other than the truth. I'm seeking out other than what is right and wrong and what I believe in. I'm just being stubborn and I'm letting my ego take mm, over. Yeah. So um, that's something that I've learned about myself that, you know, I do have strong opinions, but, you know, if you if I want to evolve as a human being, if I want to become a better person, a better everything, I need to be you know open to changing my opinions in order to you know to maybe get to a better opinion or get to somewhere that's going to lead me to a better uh, situation so for me that's that's something i've learned about myself i also learned about myself is that um i can't expect other people to have the same expectations that i do or the same standards as i do in different areas you know i may be willing to do a certain amount of things or work or dedication some people don't you know, so and I can't expect that from everybody, and that's fair enough. That's fair. Yeah. You know? So um sometimes when you're when you're in your world and you're building like, why doesn't this person do this? I can't believe this is such common sense. No, everybody's different. Everybody has different strengths and weaknesses. And some people don't see things that are you know, that seem obvious to you, you know? So that's something that I've learned about myself as well. Oh, that's powerful. I'm I completely relate with you on that first point of being able to look at other people's perspectives and, you know, wear on their beliefs to see see how they fit. And uh, for me, humility has been something that I've learned along uh, my recent journey is just working on my own humility and uh, humbling myself. And so I think that's just a, a powerful, powerful piece of advice. Thanks, man. So um, we're almost at the end of this conversation, Omar. This has really flown by for me. It's funny. I look, I look down <laughs> at the time. I'm like, holy crap, we've already past 30 minutes um <laughs> i have one more question for you and it, it is it is one of those questions where you might be like "Ugh, he's asking these big old questions to me again but um we'll see what is your big why in life omar the why i do things why, yeah why? you're you're bit you know why you get up your big the big purpose the big reason for it all for you uh i i believe that I'm a big guy that believes that in order for you to be significant in this world, whatever you believe in, whether you believe in God, you don't believe in God, whatever your belief system is, I do believe that we all can agree that you should leave this world in a better state in a little way, somehow. you got to contribute somehow. Otherwise, you're irrelevant. Otherwise, you have no significance, in my opinion. I know that sounds harsh, but you know, if you are just here to, you know, to kind of just spend time and just pass away and that's it and you don't really do anything... I don't believe that you have, you actually add value to the world, you know, and I think we all should strive to add value in some way. So, you know, I, I get up because I, I hope in some way that I'm adding value to the world. And when I'm gone, that there's something left behind that can help people out, whether that's something as simple as podcast episodes where people can, you know, listen to every day and, and get inspiration, be able to know exactly what to do to build a business 
uh, and change their life and change who they are and be able to see things differently. Or it could be as, as significant as, you know, as like helping people out in my own little space or my own little life and family. And I, I don't believe that that and enjoying your life and doing it and making money are mutually exclu exclusive. You can enjoy your life and you can be wealthy and you can do all that stuff and still make a difference. You know, a lot of people, I saw something on Facebook recently that really got me upset. And it was, you know, um, you know, uh, it was Mark Zuckerberg and there was a post about Mark Zuckerberg, you know, giving X amount of, you know, millions of dollars to charity, you know, and they were saying, well, he makes all this money anyway. Who cares? This is insignificant. Da, 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 da. Right. So my, my first reaction was two things. One, well, how, when's the last time you gave to charity? When's hmm. the, like, like, have you given the same ratio of money? Like if he gave, you know, half a billion dollars to, to charity, I think it was like $300 million or something like that. $300 million to charity, according to his own net worth, you know, how, what's the ratio for you? Is that, you know, $800? Is that $2,000 for you? When's the last time you donated $2,000? Yeah. You know, like, like, think about that. Like, I, he is giving. Are you giving? Right? Second thing, I believe that all entrepreneurs are philanthropists. I believe that. Mm. Regardless if it's a small mom and pop pizzeria down the street or a person that is working as a solopreneur on the internet, I believe that all entrepreneurs are philanthropists. Why? Because one, they add value to the world. They're creating something. They're adding something to the world. Two, a lot of them employ people. They give them a chance to learn and grow and become something and, and have a life. Work is a big part of life, you know, and give them a salary, obviously, and those, that money goes to helping their family, helping themselves, helping them enjoy their life. You know, like they created the system in order for that to happen, which is their business. So in my, most people don't do that. Most people, it's very self-serving. They go to a job, they get paid. You know, I'm not, I'm not hating on people that have a job because I believe that's very noble and that's not, and entrepreneurship is not for everybody, meaning that, you know, people are just better off being a, you know, a doctor, a lawyer, and that's their calling, that's a profession. And we need that. We, those people are very important in our society. But at the same time, you know, if you think about it, you know, they might be helping people out in their profession, but a lot of ways the entrepreneur is really influencing society in a different and a larger scale. So I'm I'm very much against this idea of, you know, entrepreneurship is all about money and, you know, people who make the more money they make, the less they care about the world. That's ridiculous. You know, like that's like that's just the math doesn't even make sense. You know, but um, for me, that's that's kind of what I think of 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 my life and why I get up in the morning is that I want to make a difference. I want to be add value in some way. Uh, I want to be able to influence people in some way, and um, hopefully, uh, I do that. Hmm, I love that. I, I like that your you know your mission is to add value. I think that um, a lot of people might believe or say to themselves that that's what they're all about, but then you know you back it up and you say at the end of the day, what value are you actually adding? And um, your perspective on entrepreneurship, your the lens through which you look through entrepreneurship is. Um, is a great one. It's it's one that I haven't heard before, and I've been you know an entrepreneur myself. Worked with entrepreneurs. I went to school. You know, my my business program was all about entrepreneurship, but I never heard someone talk about entrepreneurship as philanthropy um, in and of itself because of what entrepreneurs are doing. You know, creating something new, providing value, creating jobs. Um, I love that, and I think there's people out there listening who are like, "Wow, okay, my 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 why for why I'm an entrepreneur just got a little bit bigger." Mm. by hearing that. Thanks, man. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So as we come to a close here, Omar, um, is there anything that you would like to inform our listeners about, talk about, promote? Um, 
my, what I always say is that if you're thinking about starting something for yourself, you want to start a business, you're thinking about business, you're thinking about doing things small, whatever it is, um, I always tell people uh, my best resource or the best way you could start is to subscribe to the $100 MBA show. The $100 MBA show is a daily 10-minute business podcast on iTunes. We won Best of iTunes in 2014, and we have over 50,000 daily listeners. So uh, we've helped a lot of people, and I, I would love to help you in any way, and it's completely free. Um, there is nothing for you to buy. And in fact, on the show, we give you all this free stuff, free courses, all that stuff. And if you do want to buy later on, that's fine, but you don't have to. Like I, we have reviews on iTunes that people said, I've built my business just listening to the show. Wow. So, um, so that's kind of my only call to action. If you're thinking about getting started, it's a great way to get started. It's easy, 10 minute, um, lessons every single day. And I, I purposely make it 10 minutes cause I want you to take action on that small little nugget every day so you can build upon it the next day. That's awesome. And so they can just go to iTunes, type in $100 MBA and your show will pop up. There you go. Any any perfect. kind of podcasting app, they could find it. Perfect, perfect. And if they wanted to learn more about you and what you do online, where can they go? Sure. Uh, our website is 100mba.net and um, there's a whole bunch of a plethora of free goodies there. We have free courses, free guides, uh, blog posts publishes every week and all our episodes are there as well. Um, if you're interested in doing webinars, we have a software company called WebinarNinja.co. We also have a free seven-day video course on how to plan and launch your first webinar over there. So if there's something you've been thinking about, uh, we'd love to help you out in that area over at Webinar Ninja. That is awesome. And um, I'll be putting links to all of that in the show notes. So if you're listening out there and you're by your computer, just check out the show notes and you'll see links to all of Omar's awesome, awesome resources. So Omar, thank you so much, man. I really okay. do appreciate you carving out some time to come hang out with me and just share your genius and leave us with all these amazing nuggets. So thank you so much. You're too kind, Matthew. Thank you. I enjoyed the time as well. And um, I hope in any way that I've helped your audience in some way. Awesome. Two quick things before you leave. First, did you know that the Having It All podcast is a part of the Fireside Network? Yep, that's right. We are one of the shows that calls Fireside Network home. That means if you ever want to listen to a show outside of iTunes or Stitcher or whatever your favorite podcasting app is, all you have to do is visit www.firesidenetwork.com forward slash having it all. From there, you can access all of the episodes, see the show notes, learn about my guests and more. Second, we also have a standalone website for Having It All, where you can learn about me, discover how we further our mission at Having It All, and pick up some free content around creating your ideal life and just experiencing life more powerfully. You can find that at www.havingitall.co. Again, that's www.havingitall.co. Thanks again for listening to the show. Here's to you having it all. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. 
That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.